think that is a, a truly unique part of Chinese civilization, and that is their sense of the past. A harmonious society means it means having peaceful order, but also means respecting diversity. An immense and ancient land with one of the oldest and most diverse cultures in the world always leaves people to wonder: How did Chinese civilization begin? When did it start? And what can the past tell us about where China is today? And where it's going in the future. Relics, language, artifacts, and ideas—all evidence of the oldest civilization in the world still in existence. China has fostered a splendid civilization with more than 5,000 years of history. The archaeological ruins of the ancient city of Liangzhu in East China's Zhejiang Province boast some of the earliest recorded evidence of Chinese civilization. Liangzhu is a particularly important site、uh, because、uh, it takes us back、uh, nearly a thousand years、uh, before what was thought of as the first civilization of China. Among all the artifacts of Liangzhu, the Jade Song unearthed in 1986 is truly miraculous. At 8.9 centimeters tall, 17.6 centimeters wide, and weighing at 6.5 kilograms, it's believed to have been used in worshiping deities, thereby showing a connection between jade and ritual worship early in China's prehistory. The roots of our culture have never changed in the long history of China. It shows a different form or a different integration during different periods. However, the roots of Chinese civilization never change and always live. The Liangzhu civilization mysteriously disappeared after thriving for at least hundreds of years in the Yangtze River basin. But its culture didn't stop there. Its jade work had a lasting influence on ritual objects in later periods of Chinese history, as similar jade songs were found at other archaeological sites across China. About 5,000 years ago, along with ancient Egypt, Sumeria, and the Indus Valley, China entered the country state of civilization, represented by the ancient Liangzhu culture. From then to about 3,800 years ago, societies throughout China established their own states and developed civilization, just like stars in the sky, as described by Chinese archaeologist Su Bingqi. Civilizations in the Yellow, Yangtze, and Western Liaohe River basins interacted and learned from each other, integrated, and eventually formed Chinese civilization. And then there were cultures in the Yangtze, and there were cultures in Sichuan, and there were cultures in Yunnan. All that, all those cultures existed about the same time. But how they influenced one another, we can guess, but we have no clear written records to show how they influenced each other directly. All we know is that. We see samples of each culture existing in the overall civilization that eventually became Chinese civilization. But the Chinese civilization combines all those cultures. 
Apart from jade, other vital elements that reveal a civilized society were also present, such as oracle bone script, the earliest known form of Chinese writing in which characters were engraved on oracle bones. This is a piece of oracle bone with engraved script, which was used for divination. Oracle bones were made from shoulder blades of cattle or turtle shells. This piece can be traced back to the Shang Dynasty, which is more than 3,000 years ago. The script on the oracle bones tells us about the history of the Shang Dynasty, as it recorded the practice of ancient fortune telling. Moreover, the Chinese characters that we use today also originate from the oracle bone characters. This reflects the continuity of our civilization. And in China, you have, as I said, you have this、uh, wonderful、uh, writing language. Which helps you to initiate a continuity of of knowledge. It's a bridge to the most ancient past, to the most ancient myths which have already been、uh, recorded in ancient times. I think that is a, a truly unique part of Chinese civilization, and that is their sense of the past, lessons from the past. So they develop a, a sense about retaining documents. Records of the past, what we call Shi. I mean, I know Shi is translated today as history, but I think that's not the correct translation. What it means is documents, keeping the records, selecting those records would tell us how govern governments should be run, what is good governance, what you should do and what you should not do, the lessons of the past, and you keep the records so that future generations of mandarins and and scholars and The bureaucrats can learn from the past, not to make the same mistakes, but do all the right things, the good things. The continuity of Chinese civilization can be observed everywhere today. Like American scholar Daniel Culp II wrote in 1930, one cannot travel in China today, from Shanghai to a small village in the most rural region, without wonder at the age-old devices, at the antiquity of the proverbs. The ceremonies and the rituals, without feeling that he walks through the ages, it is the sense of the past and the tradition of keeping records that makes Chinese civilization continuous. It allows us, even thousands of years later, to see China's path in a complete manner. While China's development path is ingrained in the historical continuity of its culture. The longevity and richness of Chinese civilization springs from a spirit of innovation that resides deep in the DNA of thousands of years of Chinese culture. Only with adaptation and change can a civilization withstand the ravages of time. Only with creativity and reforms can a nation overcome a century of humiliation to become a world leader. Dr. Joseph Needham, a world-renowned historian of science and technology, once said. The inventions and technological achievements of ancient China have transformed the development of Western civilizations, thus changing the development process of the entire world. In addition to these most well-known inventions, many of China's creations have led to groundbreaking development in various fields. For example, China's Ganshu Classic of the Constellations was the world's first astronomy book. 
Traditional Chinese medicine, which has been practiced for thousands of years, is one of the most advanced and experienced therapeutic medical approaches in the world. Chinese civilization has also made countless unique contributions in technology, philosophy, literature, art, and other fields. Chinese technology is, is one of the most remarkable things that the Chinese contributed towards world civilization. Their inventiveness, the, thing that, the things they made to, to meet their needs, they were very in, inventive in making things that would make agriculture better or make uh, uh, the rivers more controlled. Or whatever they needed to do, they would find ways and means of developing new technological methods of doing that. If we look at the innovation for civilization from a broader and more holistic perspective, it would be impossible to miss the massive social changes and the political reforms in Chinese history. During the Warring States period around 350 BCE, statesman Shangyang proposed a complete reform of the political, military, social, and economic structure of the state, abolishing the aristocratic system in favor of a more productive and organized central bureaucracy. Thousands of years later in the late 1800s, the self-strengthening movement introduced Western methods and technology to renovate Chinese military, diplomatic, fiscal, and educational policies. From ancient to modern times, every era in China has witnessed bold attempts to reform the social system and promote social progress. In 221 BCE, Emperor Qin conquered the six kingdoms and unified the country, creating a unified political system, military system, and cultural system. The Western Han and the Eastern Han inherited the Qin system and is considered a golden age in Chinese history. Later, during the Wei and Jin dynasties, China was trapped in turmoil for nearly 400 years before it regained stability and unity during the Sui dynasty. It was replaced and inherited by the glorious Tang dynasty, which marks another golden age in Chinese history. What's interesting about this is that each time when a subversion took place, it also brought with it innovation, not only politically, but also culturally. Each time an innovation was made, it began from the common people and became better developed by professionals through precision work. Nearly 30 years after the founding of the People's Republic of China in 1949, Chinese people once again sought change by embarking on the road of reform and opening up, exploring a path that had never been explored before in Chinese history. In just a few decades since, China has created an unprecedented economic miracle, has become a major world power, and has found a way of modernization that fits its own civilization, culture, and national condition. Each every nation should explore its own traditions, make best use of its traditions, and then each every nation should try to explore its own way to success, to modernization, in the light of its own national conditions, in the light of its own uh, uh, civilizational conditions. The innovation of Chinese civilization stems from fearless imagination, an enterprising spirit, and a mindset that embraces change and challenge. 
The I Ching, one of the most important sources of wisdom for Chinese civilization and perhaps the most respected work in Chinese philosophy, centers around the concept that everything in the universe is in a constant state of change. Being willing and able to innovate is the fundamental reason why Chinese civilization has survived through the turmoil of the ages. We have a China that is once more uh, outward-looking, uh, that is innovating, uh, and that is becoming a country again that makes huge contributions. And China now produces more scientists and more engineers than I think the rest of the world combined, and they've developed world-leading technology, supercomputers, high-speed rail, um, electric vehicles, uh, green, green energy. Chinese civilization renews its vitality through creative transformation and innovative development. It carries forward a cultural spirit that transcends time and space, crosses borders, and has a universal charm encompassing contemporary values. On a bronze vessel that was made during the early Western Zhou period 3,000 years ago, there is a 122-character inscription containing the phrase Jai Zi Zhongguo. This is the first recorded use of Zhongguo, the modern Chinese word for China. Jai Zi means to live here. Over 2,000 years ago, Emperor Qin Shi Huang unified all the kingdoms of China for the first time in its history. Trade, communication, currency, and language were all standardized. What's more important is that he set up a model of unification for future generations. Since that time, the unifying nature of Chinese civilization has been preserved by different rulers, dynasties, and today's modern government. What happened to China was an extraordinary event when after centuries of fighting among themselves, of the Chuncho period and the warring states, Zhangguo period, they fought among themselves. Then one of them completely unified the country, Qin Shi Huang, and became one country. Now that was exceptional because very few other civilizations were able to do that. And we now know which are the ones that could do that. It happened in India. It happened in the Mediterranean with the Alexander's Empire and the Roman Empire. So they, they did happen elsewhere. But the thing is that in the case of China, it happened in such a way that it stayed unified. In Chinese history, after each dynasty was overthrown, the new ruler would confirm the legitimacy of the previous dynasty and then prove he was the most legitimate successor, even if the new ruler came from a different ethnic group. For thousands of years, emperors and generals exhausted all means to fight for power, but no one has ever overthrown China to establish a new nation. What they fought for was the right to rule a unified China. A system of ritual ceremonies with music was once regarded as the most ideal and effective way to govern a country, with the aim of achieving long-term peace and stability. The Book of Rites is a collection of texts describing the social forms, administration, and ceremonial rites of the Zhou dynasty. It's written that after kings had accomplished their undertakings, they made their music, when they had established their government, they framed their ceremonies. 
the bianzhong, a musical instrument consisting of a set of bronze bells, was one of the main instruments used for such purposes during multiple dynasties, and was thus very significant in the unification process of the Chinese nation. The bianzhong is actually a ritual musical instrument. It was unearthed in Wangcheng, or the city of the king of the Eastern Zhou Dynasty. The Zhou Dynasty respected the ritual system, its legacy, and its importance. The bianzhong is a set of chimes that can still make beautiful sounds even today. Each chime has its own sound, its own syllable. The bianzhong is made of bronze, a kind of metal. We made an exact replication as the one on Earth in Wangcheng. The sound is still very good. It was actually part of the emperor's rule. Music accompanied the rituals, which were established by the ruling class to maintain social order. Music. Was a part of that system. For thousands of years, there has been a deep belief in a unified China. In 1662, Zheng Chenggong recovered Taiwan from Dutch colonists, affirming him the title of national hero in history. Many others have also fought courageously against invasion and oppression by foreign forces, thereby stamping their heroic legacies in the history of Chinese civilization. Chinese culture is very diverse due to its long history and vast territory, but the common roots have united the people and various cultural elements into a unified civilization that encompasses an extraordinary mixture of ethnic groups, religions, languages, and traditions. Now, China is advancing the great rejuvenation of the Chinese nation on all fronts. The unification of Chinese civilization and the unity of the Chinese nation are equally unshakable. That may explain why Chinese people regard the unification with Taiwan as crucial to the nation's identity and its path forward. China must be one. I think that is a, a truly unique part of Chinese civilization, and that is their sense of the past. A harmonious society means it means having peaceful order, but also means respecting diversity. For thousands of years, China has been home to a rich and diverse civilization, with a legacy of inclusiveness that has shaped its history. China's ancient beliefs were marked by diversity, exemplified by Confucianism, Taoism, and Buddhism, which coexisted and influenced each other for centuries. China's religious diversity is a testament to its legacy of accommodating different forms of belief and spirituality. This is a square brick. So what was it for? It was used to pave the palace in the Tang Dynasty. This one was unearthed from the famous Daming Palace, which was built in the ancient city of Chang'an. This is the Reishou grape pattern square brick. The grape pattern is very special because there were no grapes in China before the Tang Dynasty. 
For example, you don't see them in the Han Dynasty. Grapes came from the West through the ancient Silk Road and are thus a symbol of cultural exchange, which can be found in our daily lives. Apart from grapes, cucumbers, peppers, and other things, which all originated from the West. At the same time, our silk and porcelain were transported to the West through the Silk Road, which shows a two-way exchange. This is a piece of porcelain, but what's special about this porcelain is that it's in the image of the Hu people, meaning the nomadic people. Take a look at the deep eye sockets, to the nose, to the high bridge of the nose, and even a beard beneath. At that time, the Tang Dynasty was a very open era, during which merchants from different places traveled on the Silk Road, including the Hu. So there were images of these people on the porcelain. The culture was inclusive, and the whole society was open, and there was a high tolerance for people with different views. Chinese civilization has a long history during which different cultures clashed with each other and developed hybrid forms. It is these processes of integration that helped us achieve balance time and time again. Each time we embraced the difference, it led to the collapse of an old order. But in the process of seeking rebalance, we accommodated some new elements. The Monkey King is one of the most popular characters in Chinese culture, which originated from Journey to the West, based on the story of Chinese monk Xuanzang, who made a pilgrimage to India to seek Buddhist scriptures, which he brought back to China. Because of Xuanzang's pilgrimage during the Tang Dynasty, Buddhism became more widely embraced in China, leading to a unique fusion of Buddhism, Taoism, and Confucianism. The blending of different religious beliefs in China led to the creation of unique cultural practices and artistic expressions that continue to be celebrated today. Many Chinese temples today often house both Buddhist and Taoist deities, which reflects the integration of different religious beliefs in Chinese culture. Apart from that, there is the Chinese art of feng shui, a system of geomancy that aims to achieve harmony between humanity and the surrounding environment. This is influenced by both Buddhism and Taoism, as it takes into account the principles of yin and yang, as well as Buddhist beliefs in karma and energy, known as qi, to create harmony in living spaces. And they don't have to say, "Now I'm putting, um, I'm, I'm disengaging my identity as a Buddhist, and now I'm becoming a Confucian." to do these rituals. They don't have to do that. You do it naturally. You take it for granted. This makes sense to you on a practical as well as um, an emotional level. So you don't consciously make the code switching. You, we are allowed to live a life in which complexities like this can coexist. Moving to the present day, China continues to maintain a tradition of inclusiveness. As a multi-ethnic country, China recognizes and respects different religious and cultural traditions. In Beijing, there is a bustling street of the largest Muslim community in the city. In the northern city of Harbin, the government has invested in the preservation of the city's Russian heritage, which has created a thriving exchange program for culture and tourism. 
In Shizong, the Tibetan language is included in school curricula, and funds for local language research and publishing are provided. As China continues to develop as a global power, its legacy of inclusiveness and diversity continues to shape its society and culture. As an old Chinese saying goes, achieving one's own goal yields gratification. Lending a hand to consummate others' goal doubles satisfaction. Goals of self and others can be unified. Thus, the world can be harmonized. Today, China's commitment to inclusiveness is embodied in the vision of a shared future for mankind.、Uh, and among the presidency's most important, most important goals is building a global community of shared future. And I think that again reflects traditional Chinese values. It's about creating a win-win situation. China looks out at the world and says to itself, "We've succeeded in development." If we can help these other countries to develop, then their development will feed back to us. And again, that's a very different approach from the Western approach, which is much more win-lose, much more concerned with if if these guys get a bigger share of the pie, then our share of the pie will go down. So again, you have an important contrast between China's approach to the world and to international governance. And the Western approach, and again, that is reflected in one of these characteristics of, of Chinese civilization. China, and this is deep in Chinese history, in my view, has a conception of the world, an idea of the world. It, its starting point, its reference point, is、um, is the world. China、uh, is trying to address.、Uh, The global problems, the, the idea of common destiny, and so on. These are very interesting thoughts. At the moment, China really is the only country, I think, thinking in a consistent way uh, uh, about these kind of questions. A long history, rich heritage, and sublime philosophy—that's what comes into people's minds when they think of China. However. There is another side of Chinese culture that has shaped its place in history: its commitment to peace and non-aggression. China's philosophical tradition, including the teachings of Confucius and Taoism, have long emphasized the importance of harmony, social order, and non-violence. For Chinese people, the universe is ordered, and all things within it should be in harmony. The Confucian idea of harmony is not just unity or order that matters; it's also It's also respect for diversity because one of the most famous expressions from the Analects of Confucius is exemplary persons should value harmony but not uniformity. In Chinese, it's 君子和而不同 That's known by almost every Chinese intellectual today. And it really, the idea here is that to have a, 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 a harmonious society, it means it means having peaceful order, but also means respecting diversity. And 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 it's not just a matter of tolerating diversity, but if you have diversity, it it's, it produces a better society from a kind of ethical view and also from an aesthetic view. During the Ming Dynasty, the great explorer Zheng He embarked on a famous voyage that took him as far as Africa and the Middle East. Though Zheng He commanded a vast fleet of ships with thousands of sailors, his voyages were not about conquest or colonization, like the expeditions of some Western explorers. But to seek more trade and better economic relations with more countries, 
Zhenghe's approach helped establish China's influence and prestige in the world without resorting to aggression or violence. Today, China's commitment to peace remains strong. If you look at the PLA's operation overseas, you would conclude they are all humanitarian in nature, be it peacekeeping, counterparacy, or disaster relief. They are humanitarian in nature. And you just cannot give me an example over in the last four decades that PLA has even killed even one foreigner overseas. You can't give an example. China is also one of the largest contributors to United Nations peacekeeping missions. In 1990, China sent military observers to the UN, which marked the beginning of its participation in UN peacekeeping operations. Over the past three decades and more, China has sent over 50,000 peacekeepers to more than 20 countries and regions. Chinese blue helmets have become a vital force in UN peacekeeping efforts to safeguard international peace and security. It is this history of a peaceful cooperation that continues to shape China's place in the world today. American philosopher Will Durant once said, Civilization is not inherited. It has to be learned and earned by each generation anew. History has cultivated a strong sense of belonging on this piece of land unseen in any other culture that drives its people to set aside differences and unite for the collective good. If we view the world as a collective human civilization rather than a battlefield of differences, then we can succeed in building a mutually beneficial future for not only China, but also the world as a whole.